Hey, this is Dave Fryer. Welcome back to Agile 2019 here in the Leading Agile booth, suite, whatever you want to call it. We're doing interviews all week long with speakers and thought leaders and people that are making Agile happen all over the place. Andy Klepp is here. Thanks for coming by, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you gave a talk on Monday, right? Someday this week you gave a talk. You know, these these five-day things, it all blurs together. It was Tuesday afternoon. Okay. Called Six Steps to Self-Learning Teams and Organizations. Yeah. And I have a very specific thing I was going to ask you about. Go for it. Because you talked in the, in the description of the talk, you mentioned prioritizing a learning backlog. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's like a separate backlog or if you want people to include things in the backlog that are about learning. And if so, how do we deliver the learning? How do we, how does it work? The first thing that starts this out is the team takes an inventory of what they need to know and what they know. Okay. Right. And then there's a gap. Okay. It could be based on bus factor within the team. It okay. could be based on new technology. It could be based on their product roadmap. Okay. So that exposes the need in the same way that the product owner's backlog exposes a customer's need. So, okay. So the team's so, so got their own backlog for this so, stuff. So think of it just like PBIs. Yeah. They're learning backlog items. Okay. And whatever system you want to use, whether there's stickies on a wall or tickets in your tracking system. Right. I, I recommend you make it visible okay. and it's just prioritized. Okay. And then you can do something about it. So it might be like we've never done mob programming or we don't know how to integrate with this system or we can't get management to support continuous integration, anything the, like that. They're all great examples. Could also be only Dave knows how to deploy. Okay. Or only Andy knows anything about AWS. Okay. Right? And, and maybe I'm a journeyman at that and I want to become an expert. What better way than to teach a novice? So this is... Creating cross-functionality. Exactly. Okay. And, and strengthening the whole team. And, and, and depth the company. in the team. Okay. Strengthen the, the individuals, the team. Okay. A cool thing is, if you're making this visible, you can scale it across teams of teams with communities of practice. Wow. Okay. Right? So if you hide it all, nobody else knows what you're working on. Okay. There's, there's a sense, there's a chance for duplication or but, overlap. But then they get to be experts and rock stars. This is true. You you have a certain perverse incentive by that. <laughs> right. Well, how do you convince people to... Because there are still a lot of people out there that see their value as, I am the only one who can do this. I will never teach it to anyone else because this way I'm indispensable. Could be a problem. So, I mean, how do you, how do you convince the people that are in that mindset to release that? There was something floating around in, in the Twitter sphere the other day, and... It, it's the usual, you know, a good scrum master does this, a great scrum master does that. Right. And it was a good scrum master holds the team accountable. Ooh. A great scrum master holds the team. No, no, no. Garbled that. A good scrum master will point out to an individual that they failed on their accountability. Okay. A great scrum master will point out to the team that they failed to hold each I other accountable. I want to one-up that. Right? So one-up that. How would so you do that? So one time I was interviewing Ron Jeffries, you know, and Ron is who Ron is. And I thought that when I said, Ron, don't you think that the team should hold each other, hold themselves accountable, hold each other accountable? Yes. Um, I thought I was going to get Ron like, yeah. And he turned to me and he went, no, they should hold each other up. And I was like, oh, my God, that was the sweetest thing I've ever heard you say. I love support that. It, but it's, it's about support. You want people to hold themselves accountable? Yes. You want them to support each other in being accountable together. And, and so in, in the scenario that you just described, Dave, there's one individual who loves to be the hero, mm-hmm. right? And it has that identity 
of I'm the expert on right. this. There's a downside to that. The flip side to that is I can't really take a vacation. Yeah. I'm always on call. Can't be sick. Can't be sick. Um, so it's a trade-off. Yeah. I think it, you know, the team needs to develop um, a sense of safety where they can talk about that. Yeah. Like, I'd like to learn that too. And I'm not threatening your job, your right. position. In fact, it's going to allow you to become even more expert. Right. It's the dojo model. Sensei teaches student one thing. Sensei learns ten. So if yeah. you're the expert at this, yeah. teach teach the basics to me so that right. you don't have to keep doing the basics yeah. so that you can get to the next level and and increase. And everybody you know, gets better. So everybody gets better. It's, it's interesting because as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about the self-care track and it's almost like self-care for a team. Yeah. They want to learn. They want to get better. I mean, I talked with Troy one time about a team we worked with where they plan time into each sprint for learning just to learn new stuff. But nobody does because they have to be 100% utilized. Good fallacy. We've all been there. How does that work out? It right? doesn't. You, you end up with... Might have worked in the Ford factory. Turnover. Yeah. And then suddenly you have to train new people. Yeah. And the knowledge goes out the door. Uh, every viable long-term organization allows for slack time. Right. And part of that slack time is scratching an itch, sharpening a tool, learning something new. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we just burn out. And that was one of the things that you had in your in your talk, I think, as well, was to, to just to leave some time for thought. If we are always swinging the axe to the tree, it starts yeah. getting dull. We get tired. And yeah, and you we, can't we need come to up with new down, ideas. Sharpen it. We need to come up ideas. The other thing that I talk about is... When we're coming up with these ideas, we want to be careful just not talking to people that know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, people that will challenge us that know different stuff. So, you know, the Scrum Master Guild is useful. Right. But if you cross-fertilize, right, with designers and UX and programmers and marketing and sales, you have the possibility of greater innovation. Just like in the Age of Enlightenment. Yeah. You know, in the, in the Paris coffee shops and the London cafes where people from different socioeconomic levels came together, right. different professions came together. Nobody was drunk because they were drinking coffee and tea instead of beer and wine. Well, absinthe. Yeah, so maybe that helped a little bit. <laughs> but, but ideas began to blossom in that age yeah. of enlightenment because there was a lot of yes and going on where you had a hunch and, and I came at it from a different perspective, added something to it, and suddenly... Uh, it was bigger than either of us could have thought yeah. of. So. And this is a really good segue. This is why it's fun to do podcasts with people that do podcasts. The slowest segue possible into the Uprising. The Agile Uprising podcast started almost like a dare. We should probably do another podcast on the origin story. Uh, it has grown. There's, there's a group of us now that keep it going. We broadcast once a week. Topics vary. Some are... Uh, stuff that we brainstorm. Recent series was on Game of Scaling. Okay. Right after the Game of Thrones uh, finished up, we're like, hey, there's a theme. Who here. won? Um, we'll let that up to the listeners. <laughs> Just to so we can skip on all the we, other ones. <laughs> it, it's still an ongoing battle. But, you know, we covered each one as objectively as we could, and then we got some user feedback and, okay. and you know, let people learn a little bit about each and pick or discard the ones that they think are useful. Yeah. And then we did a series over at Mile High Agile. And okay. so we, we pepper them in. And you have to look at the show to see what's coming up next week. And Agile I, I want to point out that if. 
if your team does need something to learn about, the original series that you guys did with the guys who wrote the manifesto is still one of my favorite things to go back and listen to. Well, thank you. Because hearing them talk about that totally changes the way it changes the way I think about it. It was a fun series, and that was part of the dare that that got us started. You know, Lockhart said we should we should do a bro- you know a series <laughs> on these girls. Like, yeah, Ryan, like they're going to return our text within an hour. You got how many? We got Andy Hunt. Explain to him what it is. Um, So it's a series of interviews with 14 of the 17 signatures, um, just reviewing their recollections of what happened on that fateful day in 2001 in February um, in Utah. When they created the Agile Manifesto. Right. And and the stories varied like anybody's look back in history. and, and sometimes they disagreed and sometimes they have overlapped. And I think you can even get 14 credits from for the, listening to all for of, listening yeah, you to all of us ramble on. SEUs or PDUs or yeah, whatever yeah. EUs you want. We did another series uh, uh, two years ago, the 12 Days of Agile, where we riffed on the 12 Agile principles. Okay. Where each, each episode is about a half hour deep dive into every one of those as That's well awesome. and so you get us user use for those as well so and this is you guys sharpening each other exactly yeah right so oftentimes one of us have a, a, an issue at work a new scaling framework or somebody's talked about mobbing right, right. Um, or a new book has come out we dive in we read it we talk to the author and then we share amongst ourselves we share with the audience and it's it is exactly as you described all of us sharpening our axes that's awesome and there's an online group as well yep we've got coalition.agileuprising.com um it's nearing about a thousand people it's an amazing community it is such an open giving um community it's just like this this uh agile 2019 and also agile coaches camp where people show up um that most of us check our ego at the door and nobody has any problem saying I don't know. Yeah. Let's let's explore together. But maybe let me connect you over here to somebody else because they, they might, might know. know. Yeah. And uh, it's an incredible uh, journey that we've been on. Cool. And we're sharing it. There's a lot of great retrospective stuff that's on the coalition site. Uh, we recently did an outreach, and I'll, I'll do a little shout out on that, where we'd like to do more to help the community. So listeners of this podcast, if there's something you want to say, and you're having difficulty figuring out either your voice or your venue or getting started, come bop over to the Agile Uprisings Coalition site, put up a post. We'll connect some dots. We recently had somebody from over in Europe talking about using Kanban and Scrum in education. Wow. And building a fluid curriculum where students self-organize. And there, cool. there's, there's a basic set of requirements, but the definition of done right. for, for this particular module, it's clear, right? There's acceptance criteria that you yeah. demonstrate basic competency in whatever it was. Um, and they pick and choose and build their own learning curriculum. And that's very inspiring stuff. The guys that do it in Europe the, and John Miller's work here, I mean, yeah. it is incredibly inspiring. So. It, and it's great to see this humane way of working. Um, grow beyond just software development, which is yeah. where it's, you know, it started with the manifesto in 2001. And it's finding, uh, it's attracting people. Yeah. You know, they're saying, this is, this is pretty useful. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to force all my students down the same chute. <laughs> like Let we them self select. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let yeah. them come out better than us. That would be nice. 
they can <laughs> there take might care be of some hope for old. the some hope for the planet. Yeah, we're, we're sorry about what we left you with. <laughs> so, if people want to find the uprising, the podcast, the online community, what where do they go to do that? The easiest place would be agileuprising dot com. Okay, and if the, they want to get you, we've got links there. The easiest place would be andyclef dot com. Okay. And All again, right. there's links there to my LinkedIn and my Twitter, which cool. is at Just Sit There. Thanks, dude. This was really fun. It was great Thank to you. see you.